If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. How are you? How's it been? It's been fine. Another week of life and work and a little bit of snow. Yeah, we're all in the hamster wheel. Every day is not a different day. <laughs> it's just the same day. <laughs> It's Groundhog Day every day. <laughs> well, it's always exciting when we get to record. Welcome to episode five, people. It is a very exciting week of Married at First Sight. Oh, man. <laughs> but for you guys, just more housekeeping this week. Um, we are still working on our ads. Um, we know last week they were a little bit awkwardly placed, but we are determined to figure this out. And we appreciate your patience with with us. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're working on it, we promise. We are here to talk, okay? Not for technology. <laughs> but we are determined and we will figure this out. <laughs> uh, so thank you. And uh, Tang, what happened on Couples Cam this week? Well, I've been excited, as you guys know, so excited for Couples Camp to come back with all the new couples, and womp womp, I was let down, I thought it was boring, you know, but, you know, we had all the newbies, but they didn't show everyone, um, there was a huge focus on Karen and Miles, it's like, that's their cash baby, <laughs> so we got a lot of Karen and Miles, um, in this episode, so they meet everyone, like every episode, they start with like the video call and they talk. Well, you watched it, Aid, right? Well, I just... did watch this week and yeah. you're like, oh, it was boring. And I was like, oh, just a normal week of couples camp. This is what I thought it would be. <laughs> well, no, it's not representative of couples camp. Like I actually do 
enjoy couples camp. I don't think this is representative. But every week they meet and, you know, they chat through video chat and find out about what's going on. They introduce, you know, the new couples, they meet each other. And then Karen is telling them that, you know, it's been good since they got off the show, that they're just enjoying the normalcy without the cameras. And I'm like, so ironic. You are shooting couples cam. <laughs> so, but okay. And then Doug is like, pretty soon you'll be having babies and everything. And Miles and Karen are like, uh, nah, hell no. So no babies. I still remember from Unfiltered where Karen was like, oh yeah, we'll do that in five years. <laughs> They have time. I mean, they're both young. Miles was like 26 and she was 30. So they should enjoy themselves, which the whole episode, they went to Mexico. So they're, it's like their second honeymoon. And this time they know each other. And it really was cute. Like, you know, Karen even got a little saucy, said she had a secret and showed us lingerie and was like, shh, don't say anything. So it was cute. But I thought Woody and Amani was, you know, were the golden couple of the season. But I don't think we got a lot of them. But the little we got of them, I thought they were really cute. They were just really lovey-dovey. You could tell that they actually enjoy each other's company. And, you know, they're just, Karen and Miles, Woody and Amani, it just shows that the experts do have sense. They just choose not to use it. You know? Ain't that the truth? <sighs> so, that was that. Ashley and Anthony is another couple that you know, production has decided is their golden couple, except I've said it before, they are boring AF. <laughs> they don't know what to do with them. They're doing this whole spy thing with them. Last year, it was her trying to tell him she's pregnant or what the gender was by hiding stuff, and they made it into, like, the spy with 007 music playing in the background. This time, they keep allegedly finding a dead mouse on their doorstep, like, literally on their welcome mat in front of their house, someone's just randomly placing a dead mouse like they blurred it out so i'm just like i'm over this they're boring i don't know but they got a lot of screen time i fast forwarded through their parts um <laughs> diana and greg had their first ultrasound she was seven weeks and she was so excited and i'm still so happy for them i think it was cute the way they told their family and friends that you know they were pregnant they sent shirts um, through a package to all their different um, family members and then called them to like, did you get a package? <laughs> Greg's mom was just like, oh, I'm not no grandma. And then she goes, oh, wait, Deanna's pregnant? <laughs> Greg is like, uh, yes, mom. Like, this is not the reaction I expected. But Deanna's sister had the best <laughs> reaction. But so happy for them. So cute. For awesome. a whole... From a whole hour of watching Couples Camp, the only thing I remembered was Greg's mom's reaction. Because I love people who are just not here to entertain you. Like, they're not reacting to things just because a script somewhere says that they should react a certain way. I bet you Greg's mom is very happy that Deanna's pregnant, but she's not giving you a TV reaction. Yeah, she's not. I felt bad for him. Because you know what it is? It's the same thing as, like, when you're excited about a TV show or a song, and you try to recommend it to someone, and they're like, oh, yeah, it was okay. it was I, And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I felt bad for him. Because he was like, yes, mom. But, <laughs> but yeah, happy for them. Um, Austin and Jessica, another golden couple that's boring AF. They literally have no story. Like, <laughs> if I had gone to head, I would take Ashley and Anthony. Like, there is nothing going on. If you remember from last season, he was trying to, you know, go to the, was it? I, I got it wrong last time. National Guard. Thank you. And all of a sudden, he came back and he said, I decided not to go with it. There's a lot going on. And I don't know why they get airtime. 
we got Shawnice and Jeff D. And I will say that I think they're actually, they said they were in a good place. And I actually believed it. Like, they seemed like they were in a good place. They went on a road trip that Shawnice planned with the baby. And Shawnice ended up, there is no episode that passes by where Shawnice is not crying. Whether happy, whether sad, she cried. And she planned a, tri- a trip that they all hated. And they all agreed that they would never do this again. So... <laughs> That was it. There was nothing really exciting. So, you know, I hope they come through and it's better, but I was disappointed. So. They have all these new couples now. You think that they would, hmm, but okay. We'll see what happens next week. I might watch it again, just to, just to see. There's not a lot going on these days, so I might watch it again. If you watch it and you don't like it, don't come and rag on it because it's just a bad <laughs> showing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Jamie fans, they show Jamie, but, you know, I just fast-forwarded it. I don't know. I saw that they moved to Florida. They bought an Airbnb. Well, yeah, they've always done that. They go there every... This is just the first time she's saying it. They go there every winter. Mm, okay. All right. Anyway, glad glad we, we are done with Couples Camp. <laughs> All right. You tell us what happened on Unfiltered. But before you do, you had some exciting fun fact news about the season you want to share with the people. So because I don't have enough to do, I went and looked up the ratings. And truly, my reason for looking up the ratings was we're having this, like, explosive start to the season. Um, Things that have happened before. I was like, are the ratings reflecting this explosive start? Honestly, Married at First Sight ratings in raw numbers this season, I looked up the first four episodes for DC, the first four episodes for New Orleans, and the first four episodes of this season. They are increasing the number of people who are watching the show by a smidge. Nothing crazy. And they are losing the the oh-so-important 18 to 49 demographic by a little bit, just a smidge. So I will keep on looking um, for the rest of the season. And if anything interesting pops out, I will let you guys know. But for all the like chatter on the socials and even just random people now who I've never spoken to about the show are suddenly watching because they've heard about Chris... <laughs> I expected the numbers to be different. Like much, much higher? Yes. Yeah. But like we've always said, MAPS has always been a niche show. It's a niche show, but it has good numbers. Like I was comparing it to a reality TV juggernaut of Real Housewives, and it actually does pretty well um, and beats actually some of the Real Housewives shows. So I, I think it's... I think it's more popular than than maybe the chatter would suggest. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm conflicted because I don't want it to be the Paige and Chris show, but when I want to sell the show to people, I'm like, you got to see this guy. <laughs> Can't experience him alone. Everybody come for the ride, pay for the ticket, and let's, <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> but the numbers show they don't need it. Like, yeah. DC was a really terrible season of this show, and they managed to pull in just as good a numbers. Uh, yeah, the premise is just fascinating. It, it really is. is just fascinating. And there's just always, they've been quote unquote lucky that every season they have this couple that you just can't believe it's real and it's happening. So, yeah. But, anyways, what happened in Unfiltered? Moving to our current. Um, not oh. much. So, we had Clara, Vincent, and Paige. Uh, Paige was wearing the same dress she was wearing last week. I don't know what that is. Does that mean she shot it all in one day? Or does that mean that they just had her wear the same dress, a la Jamie? I don't know. 
Um, Paige talked about how they, first she said there wasn't a lot of talking the first night that she and Chris spent together. And what? then she Were said, having sex? <laughs> then she said, <laughs> he was telling her about how he was homeless and how he was doing well for himself now. And they were talking about their upbringing and background. And I'm like, good God, Chris. First off, we saw you tell her that at the wedding. I don't know why you had to tell her again. Okay. <sighs> um, Clara did not sleep talk. Clara sleep yelled at Ryan. <laughs> they um, show they, footage. They show footage. They didn't show footage of her sleep yelling. She just told us about how she yelled at him. They woke up and he was like, uh. And she's like, oh my God, did I yell at you? <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> They watched the scene of Chris and Paige and he wasn't attracted to her. And then he told her, blah, 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 blah. How did it make Paige feel? And Paige was like, it was very, I was very disturbed. I'm not feeling good about the situation. It would have been better if they could have like worked up to friendship. um, Instead of like immediately sleeping together, if he wasn't immediately attracted uh, Clara made the point that she's a very open and honest person, but if what you're saying is intended to hurt someone, keep it to yourself. And Vincent just said that he would have handled it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody would have anybody <laughs> the brain. Um, they asked Paige about bringing it up to his parents. Was that a good idea? She said at the time, um, it seemed like a good idea. In retrospect, she wouldn't do it again. Hmm. Interesting. Because, like, a lot of people have pointed out, like, in our comments, his dad brought it up first, so, hey, game on. Exactly. She didn't mention that, but that is that is true, too. Paige says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger in reference to where she and Chris are at the relationship now. And she said, at this point, she's still hopeful and committed. Um... They flashed to a scene of Haley and Jacob doing the, the, the suitcase contents and everybody laughed and Vincent said that he's a very funny guy. Um, but someone brought up, like, is she laughing with him or at him? Very, very <laughs> important. Um, and they talk about how they're looking forward to the honeymoon. Um, unfiltered, un- considering all the, like, fire that was last week's episode, Unfiltered was actually pretty chill. Maybe they thought they had abused Paige enough, so they that didn't actually like spend too much time. And honestly, Paige's energy was very different. Like it was less like beaten down to be honest. Um, So that was unfiltered. Nothing happened. Exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we ready to jump into our couples? Let's go for it. All right. We start with Ryan and Clara. Ryan and Clara are excited to see dolphins and she's still feeling happy and actually rates her marriage 10 over 10. Very generous. He tells her how he's an old man already. He's very routine. She's like, oh, I'm like a cool grandma. And he says he's scheduled. And I guess, you know, you're flexible referring to her. And she goes, yeah, I'm a flight attendant. Like, and I love it, but it's difficult for people in my life. She's Miss Holiday. She's Miss Birthdays. I don't know if you notice. Ryan says it's something he has to get used to. But they now have a whole bunch of reaction of reaction shots of Ryan to whatever thing Clara is saying that is a difference that they have. It's like they've decided their storyline is going to be highlighting the differences that they have 
Did you notice that too? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's just getting like, now I don't even know, is it an actual difference or is it an edit kind of difference? Because every episode there's something else that I'm like, okay, but they seem to see why they were matched, so we'll roll with it. <laughs> it's like their conversations are pretty intense, but then when they're describing their relationship, it's like they're talking about some other relationship that we yes. don't see. Yes, exactly. So which is why I'm like, are they actual differences or are they edit differences? But then we see them come out of their mouths, but is it a big deal? Is it not? I don't even know what is happening with them. There's like a mismatch somewhere. But she says her life is never going to be routine, but he can stay routine. She'll just um, first pop in, she'll pop in and out when she feels like it. Now, she was half kidding eight, but I actually thought that was pretty cool because she didn't say, I'll never be routine. I'm going to get you out of your shell and you have to be out of your routine. She said, you can keep staying routine. Like, I'm not trying to change you and I'll just do what I want to do. But they made it seem like he was mad about that. (laughs) Like his face. (laughs) I don't actually think he was mad about. I mean, yeah. It's her job. I mean, it's so interesting that we have two people this year who have these jobs that are very, like, in and out. Yeah. (laughs) Same industry. Yeah. Because he said, it's something I have to get used to. He didn't say it was, like, a big deal, but when she said it, when she was like, ha-ha, ha-ha, you can be routine, I'll just pop in and out, they made his face in. But, again, reaction shots. But Ryan and Clara go see dolphins, which seem pretty cute. Like, like Ryan, I'm so amazed how well-trained Dolphins are. Tell them to clap, they clap. Feed them, they're happy. So Clara said she had hoped to be matched with someone who can keep up with her. And her mom thought that she'd get someone that's very quiet, but Ryan isn't like that, which she loves. So they're sitting in an aquarium and they're talking about kids. And she says she does want kids. And then Ryan was like, oh, okay. Now, like Aid mentioned earlier, a lot of the conversations are like... <laughs> an interview for Rolling Stone, someone just sits and is like, what is your name? Where does it come from? Are you from Europe? Do you like Europe? They do a lot of interrogative conversations, which is good. Again, they just met four days ago, right? Right. And they're getting to know each other and they're establishing their friendship. So he says, so do you have your names, you know, all ready to go? And she's like, yeah, that she has a great aunt named Vera. And then he's like, yeah, my uncle's name is Elton. And then this scratchy disco music that's like, womp, womp. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, producers. Vera and Elton are just as antiquated. So I don't know why you're trying to <laughs> throw shade at Elton. And so they're going back and forth. Clara's like, nah, I'm not doing Elton. We can't do that. Then she makes a joke like you could, we could call him Elton John Ubre, which I think sounds good. I what do you think? Th- well, okay. For other people, I think it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't judge you if you named your kid Elton John Oubre, but no way in hell am I doing that. Well, no one's going to know what your middle... Like, how many times do you go somewhere and they're like, oh, what's your middle name? They just think your name is Elton. But then they'll be like, they will crack a joke. Like, ha ha. Imagine if you were Elton John and you're like, I am? <laughs> so this whole thing reminded me of someone I, someone I knew who at high school graduation, his name was Larry. And then, you know, you get those little cards for high school graduation. And his full name was like Larry K, last name. And come to find out that his name was Larry King, 
last name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's so terrible. I mean, Elton John is a pretty cool guy. You know. And he was named after Larry King. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everybody has a fan. Rest in peace, Larry King. But um, something, he, uh, they start talking about things. He asked her, okay, what's something you learned from your parents that you want to pass down to your kids? And she said something she learned is that she wants them that they can try anything. And she's listing all the things, like if you want to try piano, if you want to try hobbies, and then she gets, if you want to try your sexual preferences. I saw a reaction shot, but again, I don't know if it's an edit, because if you remember, he said he was religious, but religious doesn't necessarily mean that you have an issue with that. But I'm just like, these editors are just playing this differences thing too much. She asks if he'll want to raise them in church, and he says he thinks so, that he thinks um, religion lays down a moral foundation for kids. She's like, she's not against it, but she doesn't want to force them um, to go to church. He says he doesn't expect a mirror image. He's telling us, but it is a top priority for him that they are raised in the church, which begs the question, who lied on their questionnaire? Ryan <laughs> and Clara, because <laughs> he specifically said top priority, so... If it was a top priority, it is unlikely that he did not mention that he wants to go to church every Sunday. Yeah, because it's very important. My guess is Clara, because she did. She does say, I don't mind. Like, it's not a thing. But my guess is that she was like, oh, that's fine. Not thinking that she was going to get someone that, you know, it was a top priority for them. But then he should have said, I don't want to don't mind. I want someone that's actually cultivated by God for me. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so interesting because people say this all the time that they want to take their kids to church to lay a moral foundation. <laughs> well, Chris <laughs> went. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think people intend to be insulting when they say it. But it's like saying that if you are not raised in a religion or if you're not raised in church, that you cannot possibly raise your kids to have to know right from wrong. Um, yeah, people believe that. Most famously, I, Vicky Guns Gumbelson from Real Housewives of OC. One of the said, most trash humans who ever lived. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's the worst of them all, but she thinks if you do not go to church, <laughs> you're terrible. Yes, it'll teach you things like how to fake cancer. Yes, that's what they're teaching <laughs> at church, Vicky. <laughs> but, uh, so she says she wants kids to have a choice, and I'm just like, this is all well and great. But when your kid is five, what do they know? You're the one that's <laughs> going to tell them. Like, what? when people say these things, I'm like, have you thought it through? Like, just, you know, raise them how you want to raise them. You have to instill some stuff in them at 18. Let them choose. But when they say, I want them to choose, what do you know at five? <laughs> Mommy, I don't want to go to church today. Why? <laughs> I, I, anyways. I'm with you, though. If you, I, I understand her point about having a choice. And she says she felt like she didn't have a choice. But I feel like you just set an age cutoff. It's like you will go to church yeah. every Sunday because that's what we do as a family. Yeah. And maybe when you're anywhere between 15 and 18, you can decide on your own. I would say 18 because, you know, <laughs> teenagers just, I mean, don't want to get up on Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, I personally don't want to get up on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm way past 15. So, 
you just, yeah, this whole choice business. I, I would love to hear more about like what led Clara away from the church after having grown up in the church. Like I really am interested in that. Yep. Last week I was saying when she said she got tired, like I was like, it doesn't sound like something must have happened. You just don't wake up. I went to Bible school for a year and then I decided I was tired of like some, I feel like there's something more, but I don't know if we're ever going to find out or maybe there's nothing, but, um, I will say, I think, I don't think there has to be something. I think if you're raised in church your whole life and then you go to Bible college, that's the first time you're independent and out of the house, your choices and your beliefs might go through a change. Yeah. That's true. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So Clara and Ryan are having their dinner inside their room. Um, Some of the couples got to eat outside and some just were stuck in their room with room service. And she's saying like, it's her first date with Ryan. And once again, Ryan asks what to expect when they see their places. And immediately she's like, I'm messy. I have makeup, I have shoes, I'm really bad at doing dishes. And I I don't know, I mentioned last week, listen, I love Ryan and Clara at first sight, but as it progresses, there's something, it's not a stalemate because it's four days, but they are pretty, he is pretty intense with the questions. They're just always doing a Q and A. They never are just being, if that makes any sense. And then I feel like she's always trying to shock him with her answers. Like, no, I don't want to go to church. Oh, oh, I'm messy. Like, it's like she wants to give him reasons like, hey, this is all me. But even though you're being honest and I get it, you still have to apply the right dose. Like, not all the time. Do you get that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or I do. And then I, I mean, I hate to say editing, but I'm like, are you guys having just chiller conversations? The only conversations yeah. you're showing us are the ones where they are diametrically opposed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But even, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it makes it look bad. It's not fun to watch people. Like, the joy of watching Married at First Sight, part of it, is two people who've never met before, and they find out what they have in common. Yeah. If Ryan and Clara have anything in common, I'm not sure that we've seen it. All we see is the stuff they don't have in common. Yeah. But then when they describe it, she said 10 over 10. I'm just like, whoa, you don't like Breaking Bad. You know, so, but hey, but Ryan says like, you know, one thing he's concerned about is that he doesn't have closet space. And she made a comment where she's like, you know, we've talked about it and we agreed that we are moving into your house. I'm like, oh, they already had that conversation (laughs) after. Yeah. And she specifically said after decision day, like we said, we're moving into your house. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So she said she doesn't mind conceding like, you know, but she does have a lot of stuff. He does say that he's very particular about the way he has his things. And she tells us that she doesn't think that he's ready to live together, that he seems pretty optimistic and living together involves considering other people's feelings, but she's lived with someone before and that can cause problems. She's not lying. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I, you know, I like this. I think that she's being, she's not going with emotions. She's like, hey, it's all well and good. But if you're a very particular person, you like things a particular way. I have a dog and I'm messy. Like you have to be ready for this. So, hey, I don't know. I think what I like about them is I look forward to seeing what happens. 
Like, I really am curious to see if this is going to work out, if they have more in common than they have differences. I think he's a little bit uptight. <laughs> yes, yes, I can agree. I can. He said it. He said I'm an old man. <laughs> and I'm stuck in my ways. And I think that's why she's bracing herself for, you know, the reality of living with someone. Because if you're very, you know, stuck in your way and all of that stuff. But, you know, it might not be an issue. Who knows? They had a solid B week. Not a B plus, not a B minus, just a B. You see, my problem with them is just, again, it's almost like they're holding their breath and I want them to just exhale. And I also want them, I don't want to look at them and think they're best friends. I think at some point they pounded fists. So um, I don't see PDA. You know how I am about the PDA. I want it all the time for them and for me. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, I'm not getting that. I want that, you know, subconscious kiss here and there, touch. I, I don't get that. It's still friend zone for me. So it's interesting to see if they grow into not friend zone. So we'll see. We shall see. All right. You have anything else on them? No. Okay. So on to Virginia and Eric. We meet them when they're in their hotel room. Um, she is getting ready to go out. He walks in and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm putting on makeup and curling my hair. And he's like, to go to the pool? And she's like, well, I'm not going to get my hair wet. He's like, what's the point of going to the pool if you don't want to get wet? Then they discuss um, kind of like her her ability to be on time. So he already says, oh, I'm going to start lying to you to make sure that you get to places on time. Um, and he talks about how he'll get her adjusted to, to on-time life. And this is when he's like in an interview talking to us. And he said, she means well. I'm working on it with her. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, on one part, I hear him because I I hate when people are late, but there's a different... But the thing is, there's a lot of people who are always perpetually late who seem to be proud of that fact. That's the part I don't get. I cannot stand late people. I am team Eric all the way with the lateness. Yeah. (laughs) It gives me anxiety. It makes me upset. Um... I actually have chilled out in the past few years. I can now sort of tolerate and sometimes even myself could be like five to 10 minutes late. That didn't used to be me, but I just, I'm with him. Like no one wants to sit around and wait for you all day, especially for meals. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wait for you. Um, and then she says, oh, I'm late to work every day. This I didn't mind so much because, and then he seemed to be very upset that she was late to work every day. I'm like, are you her boss? that's the other thing about lateness if it doesn't affect me I don't care about it that's why I was kind of confused by him I'm like why do you care that she's late to work every day then after this Eric does something that he will do often they talk about how they went to dinner with the other couples we didn't see that the night before and they say we're number one I was like (laughs) by the time we get to watching this due to editing, editing Brianna and Vincent will be number one (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, <Rick. laughs> And they're just like, well, we're just, you know, we're not on the norm. Everybody else is on the normal route. And Eric is like, it's insane because it's happening so quickly. We just like each other so much. Eric affirms a lot about how much they like each other. Mm-hmm. 
I don't hear those things. Well, I do kind of hear them from her, but not as much as from him, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. He exaggerates, if that's the word we're looking for. <laughs> yes, I believe that's the word. <laughs> but, um, sorry, I was going to say, did you notice he made a comment about Chris and Paige? Yes. So they begin to gossip about the other couples. I called it gossiping because that's what it was. It is gossiping, yeah. And they say some couples seem distant. They're like, Paige seems great, but she's trying harder than he is. Um, you know, he says he needs a little time to adjust. And they, she thinks that they could end up just fine. Famous last words. <laughs> no, because he said that they gave an off vibe. And I was like, oh, what did they see that gave an off? Because until you said it, I didn't know it was dinner. I thought they meant at the airport. Uh, yeah, at the airport when they all came together. So I was like, oh, how, what did they get that was an off vibe? Why didn't they show it to us on camera? So. I don't think they filmed that dinner. They just the couples went to dinner after they got into Vegas and stuff, but they didn't film it, which I guess is actually nice. Um, but now we don't know what happened at dinner. Yeah, I just didn't even know it was a dinner. Is what I was saying. Like, too, you mentioned it right now. I didn't know. I thought he said at the airport when they met. I didn't know. Okay, so then they go to a cabana by the pool, and she he asked her what are we missing? And she said, alcohol. Because, <laughs> because the storyline is that Virginia is an alcoholic. I'm not convinced it's editing aid. I know you said you might be editing. I do think she drinks a lot. I would agree, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying the bachelorette party. <laughs> Although someone, editing, editing. So you know that part where supposedly she's throwing up in the bathroom? Yeah. Some intrepid internet explorer screenshotted it is like Virginia was the only one who was wearing like a fake little veil and if you watch while they show audio of someone throwing up in the bathroom you can see her veil on like someone who is not in the bathroom so I don't know whether that was her and they didn't have the visual before so they record I don't know what they did but that is some shady editing it's kind of hard to throw up with a veil though might have taken it off (laughs) and given it to someone else to wear yep okay so they keep, this is now the second time they've replayed this interview of Eric talking about the age difference. Mm-hmm. So then they do that right before they come back to them by the pool. And she says, we haven't done a Vegas bomb. I mean, do you, what is a Vegas bomb? I don't know. They're supposed to take a shot. The poolside waiter brings them their Vegas bombs. That drink that was supposed to be a shot looked like four shots. Was, it, was that just me? It was like, that's four shots, right? It was like the like two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm just going to drink half. And she's like, ah. This is the part that kind of blew my mind. She's like, well, you know, my family's biggest worry at the wedding is that you weren't drinking a lot. Wow. What did you think of that? <laughs> I'm hoping she said it as a joke. Because it's actually something my family would say. That does not represent enough of my family, guys. Judge away. But it's actually something we would say because, I mean, we're a drinking family. So I just thought it was a joke. A half joke. Not exactly serious. Like, more like, there's nothing wrong with you that the worst thing we could find is that you weren't drinking enough. I'm glad you took it that way. Cause it... <laughs> because I do not come. I mean, yes, people in my family, everybody drinks except for me. <laughs> 
But we are not the type to a notice if anybody else is drinking or b like talk about drinking if that makes sense like yeah. quantities. Yeah, we do. So I understand that part, but I just thought it was a compliment. Oh, okay. I'm glad you took it that way. I was like, oh my god, they're a whole family of alcoholics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Once again, they talk about their different life stages. It hurt his life and his career. And, and he tells her, like, it's perfectly fine. It's not supposed to be any level of each. It's supposed to be a circle. Like, all the pieces of his life were in place. And she was just the last thing that needed to come into the circle of his life. That was a nice metaphor. It was. It was if it wasn't a showman. But, yeah, it was. What's a showman? Someone who's just always exaggerating, writing a story, saying the right things. <laughs> uh, he, he asked her, hey, have like... Do you have, have I shown any pet peeves of yours? Like, have you seen any problems? And she says, no wet towel on the ground. It takes two seconds to hang up, hang it up. I like things to be tidy. And then that leads into a conversation about how she's never lived with a guy except for a roommate. This was just bad. Eric was like, who's the guy roommate? What were you doing with him? What's going on? And he was doing that fake jokey thing. Dude, you are not joking. Yeah. I thought it was joking. And I was like, mm, no, no, you were not joking. About some guy roommate that she had sometime in her past before she met you. Yeah. That was way too much of a reaction. And she straight out tells him, I like Virginia, I must say. She straight out tells him, I can tell you're a jealous person. And he's like, oh, I'm not jealous. But you are. We can all see. Yeah, it was worse <laughs> when he tried to break it down. I'm not that kind of bad jealous. It's the other kind of jealous. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. You lost me at I'm not. <laughs> And, and once again, I just like how Haley just lays it out there. She's like, I don't want you to get mad when I'm going to go out with my girls and there's going to be guys there. And I have a lot of guy friends. And he's like, I don't agree with certain aspects of that. I have rules. Mm. We got rules now. You, I said it last week. I was like, he's talking to her like she's a child. Nothing yeah. like saying to your partner, I have rules. Yeah. Four days after you met. Yeah. And then he goes into this very unoriginal theory about how guys operate. You can't be friends with a guy because if you're friends with him, he's thought about hooking up with you or being with you. A hundred percent. A guy and a girl cannot be friends unless the friend, unless they're the significant other of friends or they're gay. Then he, he, stum he's, he stumbled over his words to say gay. He, he, he stuttered a little bit. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> Sometimes people just don't realize how stupid they sound. Because it's like, it's like uh, this was already a bad example. And then you start talking about gay. And I'm like, do you understand that gay people are friends with people of the same sex? We're <sighs> <laughs> just going on and on and on because he wanted to be Daddy Eric because he's in a different life stage. Uh, seriously, though, what do you think of his guy girl friend thing? We got to discuss this. Uh, do we? I was like, is Aid going to bring it up? Cause I'm yes, just I'm going to bring quiet. it up. Because I know you have guy friends. <laughs> and <laughs> so do I. I. So do I. That's why I'm like, guy. wait, do they all want to sleep with me? I don't think so. <laughs> no. In some ways, I agreed with what he said. Except the third, I, the reason he didn't say was like, if you have guy friends at some point, it must have crossed their mind. I think the only thing is like the, the third where you can be friends is like either you have slept together and you're done with the mess or there's just absolutely no feelings. Do I think that there are uh, times where you're 
friends and nothing's ever happened? Absolutely. I cannot guarantee that one or the other hasn't thought about it. You never know. You never know the thoughts of the whatever, but it's just not crossing that boundary. But why does he have to say it? That was my issue. Because he's laying down rules. Yes. While he's saying, I'm not setting ground rules. That's what he said. But he was. He's laying down rules. He is. He's letting you, you're, you're, you're subtly threatening somebody because, okay, so what? They have a guy friend and yes, they've thought about sleeping with her, but she has no interest in sleeping with them. What is the issue exactly? Like if you're married or if you're, well, he's saying we're married now. If you're married, you're not dead. Oh, this person is attractive. That's it. Like nothing else is happening. Why are you stressing yourself with, oh, they want to sleep with my wife. And then what, what are you going to do? <laughs> It was just so dumb. I'm like, what is she going to do? Like, you met her three days ago. She comes as she is. If she has guy friends, is she supposed to drop them off for you who she met three days ago? Apparently. Them the rules, aid. Them the <laughs> rules. <laughs> she straight up said, he's going to have to do a little give and take on that. I grew up with three brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I have guy friends. He says, we vowed to put our full trust in each other. Then why are you worried about guy friends? You're my wife now. That's it. I'm supposed to be the only guy. And then it's like, ha, ha, ha. But you mean that thing, dude. You mean it. <laughs> Say it with your whole chest. <laughs> then these poor souls get, not poor souls, they're the lucky ones. They get to go to dinner at Spago. Yeah. And once again, Eric is reminding us that everything's going great. I'm like, dude, this, <sighs> no, it's really, it's not going badly, but I think you're really overestimating it. They have a beautiful view of the Bellagio fountains. I'm jealous. I want to, <laughs> I love those fountains. Love them. Anybody who's been to Vegas, you know what I'm talking about? Play the music. I like time to say goodbye. Um, it's really nice. Let me do that one. <laughs> she tells him that she appreciates the effort he put into dinner. I'm like, looky here at Married at First Sight. We're not dumb. Production put together this dinner. Why are you trying to convince us otherwise? Did the credit card say kinetic content? <laughs> <sighs> he says, you know, whatever professional goal she has, he is going to be fully supportive. And they talk about how he's further along. Um, and she's more junior, but she has upward potential. And she says she thinks we should always be working because it starts fights if you're not. I was like, that's interesting. And he's like, I'm going to support you no matter what happens. I think that's code word for you don't have to work. Is that yep. what I was like? <clears throat> yeah, I want you to be a kept woman. Where he you didn't say have that. Guy no, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm interpreting. He said, he said, I'm glad you said, he said it in a condescending tone. This is how I heard it. I don't know if that's how he meant it. How I heard it in a condescending tone. He was like, hmm, I'm glad you said that. But like I said, I'm taking care of you regardless of what happens. And then the extras was in my head where it's like, that way you're a kept woman in the house, taking care of the kids with no guy friends and you don't have to drink and you don't go to the club. So <laughs> you have no money to pay for it. So. <laughs> I don't think your interpretation is that far from the truth. What I find funny about Eric is that I said at the beginning, I'm like, this is a guy who really wants to be married. Mm hmm. I am not willing to say that they're a bad match, but it's not looking great. Meanwhile, the whole time he's like, nope, we're going to make this work. 
despite the fact that we have like very different views on very important things and I think you're a child, (laughs) we are making this work. What does Virginia do? Account something, something very generic. Account payable? Okay. I know, I don't know what it is, but account manager, like it's, they haven't been very specific. Okay. Um, so then they talk about his job. He's gone 15 days a month, but he's also not working 15 days a month. And she's working nine to five. And it's very similar to the Clara and Ryan thing. And he's like, I'll just be there, you know, when you get home from your job, you know, when I'm home. Like, I, I don't have anything else to do. And he said it's been his whole life. It's been an issue in relationships before. And it's going to be his life until he's 65. Mm. And then she says, you know, I'll miss you. Then she talks about their theoretical children. I was so glad this came up. Yes, I was very impressed with Virginia because it was valid. It was valid, but then it wasn't. Her example that she gave, I was like, that's not a great example, but I see where you're going with this. She's like, if we have a five-year-old and they're playing t-ball, it can be hard. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, if if she had referenced, now I got to drive to all the practices and I've got to go to all the games, that I could more understand. But like, your five-year-old does not care that much if daddy doesn't make it to every single t-ball game. You don't know that age. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. From my personal experience, I had a parent who was gone a lot for work. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I think it's a big deal for the work-wise for the other parent. But for the actual kid, it's like, you just have to show up sometime. You don't have to be there all the time. Yeah, but you're speaking from your perspective. You're not, like, sensitive and stuff. (laughs) A lot of things are like, eh, that's fine. But generally, there's some kids that you weren't there at my game. So I didn't you should to go to that therapy and get over that. <laughs> so, hey. Did but you you're right. I think she could, have, she could have used a better example. But we got the gist of what she was trying to say. Yes, that being a parent while one parent is out 15 days a month, is you, you need to think that all the way through. Yeah, she should, have been, she should have started with baby, not gone all the way to five years old. She yes. should have gone with, <laughs> he's just born and you're like, I'm out. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then you have to wake up in the middle of the night and you have to drop him yeah. at daycare and then you have to go to work. And, and no, no, no. See, I, I was on Virginia's side. I just didn't like her example. Yeah. Um, he is very clear that like some people can't handle it. They just want you home every night. And then he's like, I'm not wasting time. It'll be over if that's you. I wondered if that was some herky-jerky editing or if he really did say that. What did you think? I don't know. It was very jarring. He's like, and if I find out that you can't handle it, then we're done, okay? I'm like, whoa. I don't know if it was editing. I thought it was real because he was just on trend with everything else we'd seen leading up to this. So, yeah. Again, if you don't say it, they can't put it for editing. That's true. But on one hand, I'm like, well, that does make sense. Like, if you can't handle the lifestyle then why are you with a pilot who's not going to be there? And says, right, like, he's 30, how old is he, 34? Yeah, 34. That means he has 31 years of flying left. He told you until he's 65. (laughs) Well, I think the issue was, why was it even an issue? Because when she was with his parents, she's like, oh, I think it works out fine. Like, I like my space, so he'll be gone, and then we'll miss him, and then we'll come back. And then now... It's a whole thing. And then she used the kid as an example, which before she was like, I'm 50, 50 on kids. I do like, and then I'm like, is this to your point? Is this something they're exaggerating or is it an actual thing? 
I don't know. It wasn't consistent, I guess. I feel like Virginia and Eric had a bad week. They just glossed it over with him just saying it was a good week until he could talk (laughs) us into it. No, I wrote down they're hot and cold because I think we both gave them our bouquet last week. Oh, wait, I did. And I'm just like, I was so pleased to see them. I was like, oh, and then this time I was just like, listen, guys, are you in the microwave or are you in the fridge? I don't know where I stand with you guys. I don't like this hot and coldness and yeah, it wasn't a good week. Let's see how they are next week. (laughs) Any other thoughts on those two? Nope. On to Brianna and Vincent. They're my favorites. I know I shouldn't have them as favorites, but they're my favorites. They're everybody's favorite, it seems. Everybody loves them some Brie and Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We wake up to find out good news. Vincent's grandma is doing better. And he tells Brianna that he's very appreciative of her support. And she's like, that's what I'm here for. And Vincent tells us that being that some being with someone that cares for you is really nice. Then they sit down and have breakfast and they have a discussion about houses. Where are they going to live? So he's like, townhome, condo, high rise, what do you want? Um, she's like, what if I want to move into a high rise? And Vin responds with, so your family says you're a little bossy. <laughs> and Vincent says you get away with it because you treat me right mm-hmm. and he's like we can do a high rise but in a few years our family grows we need more space and then they talk about when they're going to have kids and he says two years and she's like what about three and he says oh that's fine and then in an interview she says it's odd to talk about having kids with someone you met a few days ago see again that nice edit you notice that her talking doesn't um it builds on the idea that they're like having discussions and logical conversations, not that they're like opposed, even though they have two different answers to the same question. That is true. Because if you compare it to Ryan and Claire, they also talked about where to live, but we didn't never saw that. (laughs) (sighs) So they're, they go to a very nice dinner on some type of beach that they have at the Mandalay Bay. Um, And Vincent carries Brie and then they, (laughs) Then they sit down and they have, I hate to do it, guys, but I call it a Woody and Imani conversation mm-hmm. where you sit down and talk about how much you like each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that self-praise, couple praise. Like, we just like each other so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they'll go through ups and downs, but they'll go years and years and years and have a great life. Then they talk about how they stayed in last night and they had sex. Mm-hmm. It was so casual. I wasn't sure I heard right. (laughs) (laughs) And then they talk about, you know, how they came together because of like the stuff with his grandma brought them closer together. And that's what made the sex happen organically. And walls came down. I thought it was beautiful. I'm happy with you in general. And this man said, we're more than husband and wife. We're a match made in heaven. So corny. Play the music. (laughs) uh so yeah that was that was brianna and vincent we'll come back to them a little bit later but that was basically what happened with the two of them this week anything else yeah i got stuff go go in the beginning when they first came on the scene and they were just talking and the grandma's feeling better and he was talking to the confessional he's like and then we you know we had a good night she had my back and then we connected in a comfortable way I put down in my notes, oh, I thought they had sex. So when he said it, I was like, I was right. They did have sex. So I think the editing was wonky for this because 
when he said they had sex, he said it was the night of the, her grandma. But the way they played it when he told us, it, they, it seemed like they had sex the next night. I don't know if you saw it that way. No, because I think they said they stayed in. And I wondered if all the other couples went to dinner and they didn't go to dinner with them. Oh, maybe that's what happened. But they, they made it seem like, well, the way they said it, they said we had, no, when they told us that they had sex, I thought it was after the whole thing happened. I thought it was a whole new day, not that particular day when he was thinking about flying home or not. Because that was when they had sex, right? I think so, yeah. That yeah. night when they first flew in. Yeah. But either way, um, did you notice that Brie was doing her confessional in a weird room with a board that had Brie and Vince at the back? Yes, because this confessional was recorded probably uh, maybe a month later. Probably after the one-month anniversary. Oh, okay, because Bree's hair is braided. Exactly. <laughs> Her hair is not braided. And then that's the other question I was going to ask. Do you notice that the poster, the official poster for the season, where they're all in their wedding attire and their dresses and all, Bree's hair is braided for that, but her hair wasn't braided at the wedding. So I'm like, so what did they do? Just put heads on dresses? But Or they made them all put their dresses on and did a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That poster for this season is so terrible to me. It's the one where no one's in couples. They're all individuals, right? I hate that one. You can find it on our Instagram, people. Um, But yeah, it's an awful picture. I like it. It's fun, but it's like, is this the real world or is this married at first sight? You take these people's picture with their couple. That's why they're here. They're not here as individuals. They didn't come as one. (laughs) But yeah, this is the only thing. I just noticed that her hair was braided. I was like, oh, when did she get it done? I know it's not in Vegas, but yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute. We're back from our break. All right. So next on to Haley and Jacob. Oh, Jesus Lord. So they're eating lunch and, you know, Jacob and food. So now that we're done with steak and eggs, now we got to talk about onions. He's (laughs) asked, have you ever just ate a bunch of onions? And Haley says, raw onions. Not okay with that. Oh, I thought you were asking me. I said, yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Have you just ate a bunch of onions? Well, yeah. Raw onions? Yeah. I've eaten it before when I was younger, not recently. And then, you know, we have that food. Um, well, for those who are not Nigerian, suya, that's like roasted meat in a particular kind of way. Um, it comes with onions and you have to eat it with like raw onions. So I like mine. It always comes with onions. So I eat it raw with it. I love onions, but I just was wondering what he like. I'm very good. Like, suya, onions, great, great. Um, I'm just suspicious of this man and any time he talks about food. When he said, have you ever just ate a bunch of onions? I was like, like five raw onions at once. That's what I was envisioning. Oh, my God. Nobody would survive that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I, is this a good time to say that I think Jacob is kind of cute? Oh, yeah. Jacob's kind of cute. I agree. Oh, I thought you were going to give me shit for it. (laughs) No, I'm not giving you shit for that. He's cute. Okay. <laughs> he was really cute at the lunch. That's when he hit me and I was like, okay, all right, Jacob, I see you. <laughs> Even though you eat onions, but yes. <laughs> Jacob asked Haley if she's talked to anybody since the wedding. Did anyone say you should run or were there any red flags? And she's huh. like, no, my friends have been blowing up my phone, but, um, you know, everybody's fine. And she, she says, what about your friends? And he's like, my friends think I got lucky. You seem cool. And then he just looks at her with googly eyes. (laughs) 
and asks, what should we do this week? And uh, Jake wants to go to the gym. <laughs> talk about his workout routine. Squat, bench, kettlebells. Yes, Star Wars themed kettlebells. <laughs> I want to stop laughing, but I can't because... <laughs> you know... This happened last year, too, because she's like, she hasn't seen a single Star Wars. And I'm like, there's a whole legion of us out there. There's a whole legion of us who haven't seen a single Star Wars. And then he says he's not a diehard fan of Star Wars. And she says, but you have kettlebells. Honestly, that what are you even thinking to say I'm not a diehard? Who has Star Wars kettlebells? Who? <sighs> when you committed to nerd life chose him, you know? I'm so amused by him. Like, he just cracked me up because I'm just like, what is really going on in Haley's head? I would kill to know. <laughs> she said she's really into yoga. And he says, I'll do yoga with you and you can do some low resistance weightlifting. I love conversations like that. <laughs> I love it when they're like, oh, you like a thing that's nothing. Oh, I'll go try your thing and you can try mine. That is relationship building. You yeah. go, you two. She said, the raw onions are killing me. And he said, oh, I was going to try to kiss you. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then I kind of like what he does next. He's like, I haven't gauged how much you like me. Yeah. I'm like, good. That's a very nice way to act. Do you like me? Because I can't tell. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice she didn't answer. <laughs> she giggled. She did a lot of giggling. <laughs> so then they go to dinner. They, I wondered, did they go to dinner the same place Ryan and Clara had like their little sit down earlier, or was it a different aquarium? Honestly, it was the same fish. I don't know. I think it's the same. <laughs> they were these funny the same, but were... I guess not because um, Ryan and Clara had like a bench that they were sitting on, and they wouldn't have space to put the table for the dinner. So maybe on the other side of the aquarium. Okay, I like that theory. <laughs> they both wear funny glasses to dinner. It was cute. Um, yeah. Then Jacob tries to tell us that someone they pulled some strings. I'm like, my guy, <laughs> you are on a sponsored honeymoon. We know it. You know it. I don't know why they put this foolishness in there as if you arranged this dinner. You didn't. Okay, Aid, which would you prefer? Would you prefer that they claim, because Eric was like, you know, Virginia was like, oh, thanks for putting this together. And then Jacob is like, he pulled some strings. Or would you prefer every second they tell you Hotel Escarat? I would actually take the more open <laughs> promotion. <laughs> I don't like being lied to. I don't mind being sold on something, but I don't like being lied to. <laughs> um, <laughs> then they sit down and talk and they have the, you know, existential discussion about how many holes are in a straw. <laughs> oh my God, this whole st- <laughs> And this man says, I say one. No, I say two. Because my mouth and my butt are different holes. <laughs> Honestly, when I see them, like, I can understand Haley's pain if she's feeling pain. But then I sit and I think to myself, if I was set up with someone like this, what would I, like, would I embrace it? Or would I, I honestly have no answer because I'm laughing, but I'm on the outside. But if I'm in it, is it that amusing? <laughs> Because he's funny, unintentionally and intentionally. I don't know. Like, I'm on the fence. I'm like, would I run because I'm like, I can't suffer through these conversations anymore? Or would I keep on coming back just to see where it's going? Because you don't ever know where it's going. Like, it's kind of nice. 
do not. Because the whole straw thing, I'm like, what kind of question is that? And then the way he delivers too, because like you said, he talks on volume level 10. So he's like, my mother, my body. I wasn't expecting it. I snorted. I was like, what? <laughs> but he, he, he speaks no lies though. They're two oh. different holes. And then I'm like, Jake, do you understand the digestive system? It's not one tube. Anyway. And they're at dinner, too. It's just not appropriate, but it was funny. (laughs) Oh, man. So then she asks him what his favorite car is. And he says DeLorean. And she gives him a blank (laughs) stare. And then he looks at her and is like, back to the future. And she's like, I didn't know. (laughs) It's not like. Oh, man. Oh, so they're still going. So they're like, so she asked him, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? And he says, a pink thong on spring break. His friends bought it. And then he goes before cell phone video. And I'm like, that's because you're old. (laughs) (laughs) He's not old. Um, They start talking about previous relationships. And she says her first serious relationship was at 15. It got serious very quickly. And he makes a joke. Sorry, still a side eye. I I can't just digest that, but go ahead. And then he makes a joke about, oh, you don't go into things like really quickly, like getting married, first day you met someone. <laughs> He's a funny guy. As odd as this dinner went, like that was a good dinner for them. Mm-hmm. Haley is really open, I think, to like giving this a good shot. She's not yeah. like fully in. But she's given it a chance. Yeah. He really likes her a lot. I think he likes her a lot more than she likes him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in. They ended with a kiss. It was cute. But I don't know. Sometimes I watch them and I'm like, oh. And then other times I watch them and I'm like, she is not into this. Well, I think for them, they are growers, not showers. Okay. So... She's open to the process, which is good. They're matched for a reason. It takes you a while. It's just been three days. Like, again, you mentioned that there are couples who start off hot and they just burn out. But for them, they're growing, taking their time. He's different, but there's a reason I signed up for the show. Like, you know, if he's a good person, it's not weighing what you want versus what you need. And can I reconcile it? So she's just working through the motions. We'll see how it goes eventually. But I was... I I had hope with the kiss at the end because that didn't seem forced. And there was, I don't know if it was a video of a picture or a picture of them in bed where they looked very comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the only other thing was when they were having their lunch, I looked at his plate to see if it was steak and eggs, but there were fries on there. To be fair, it didn't look like he touched them. So I don't know. (laughs) But they were there. They were there. Oh man, guys. All right. Buckle up. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. I was going to ask you, Aid. I get it. I get it. It's the Chris and Paige show, but I don't know if I'm okay with that because a lot, let's just, is it fair to say like half of the episode was Chris and Paige? Yes. If it wasn't on them, the couples were talking about them. It was just surrounded by them. I don't want to say that the other couples are being shafted because they are separated, but there's just a lot of time devoted into developing this whole Chris and Paige storyline. One, I get it. It's getting you ratings. Again, we're all talking about Chris. But we have to realize that Paige is going through it. It's not fun to watch. 
I don't know if I mentioned this, but in Unfiltered, she said, I did not realize how mentally and emotionally difficult this will be. Yeah. Uh, Yes, it's not fun to watch. Um, I will say this. I don't, I think that they are packing in the Chris and Paige now because I don't think we're going to get much of them later. Just saying. By the grace of God, from your mouth to God's ears. (laughs) People say amen. I hope so. And the church say. (laughs) Um, So anyways. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with Chris and Paige. So the episode starts off with ominous music. And we see the producer asking, what was that? And Chris is saying, I don't want to tell her. To be fair, the producers are wearing masks. You said, the producer says, you said you would, and you don't want to keep that to yourself. That's your wife. And then the producer asks him, what are you scared of? He says, I'm not scared of anything. This guy is just so lost. He even lies to himself for the littlest things. And then the producer like, if you're not scared, then why don't you tell her? And all we see is Paige pacing in a robe in the hallway. And then we, we get a caption two hours earlier. And then we find out how we got to this stage. So Chris and Paige are at breakfast and he just dove straight into the food. Have I mentioned before that I like breakfast food? Their food looks so good. So <laughs> Paige stops him and says, aren't you going to say grace? See, he's a fake ass God-fearing guy. <laughs> and then, <laughs> So they say grace. His and grace was not impressive. Not it, for its length, just because how are you going to run around talking about, this is why you have to keep this stuff to yourself. You cannot be talking about how much of a Christian you are and not have your very short, very meaningful prayer over food ready to go at any time. He stumbled into yes. that grace. Yeah. And that's the other part. I can't part. believe how much I just talked about his grace. <laughs> and that's the other part about this whole Chris and Paige thing, because it just makes it seem like, not that it's making a mockery of Christians, but it's just not a good representation and I really hate to say it, people might come first on both sides. As we go in, we're going to talk about it, but I'm just like, mm. all right. No, you are, I mean, you are right. I don't love it when Christians look bad on television. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, and I feel bad for all of the good Christians that I know that this is what they get as a representation of their very serious faith. Yeah. It's just not. Anyways. Anyways. As I lost it after their breakfast food, Paige tells us that they got off on a rocky start, but as of now, she's still committed and trying to see things through within their marriage, but she feels like she's pulling teeth. Paige asks him, how are you feeling? The camera does a close-up, and I'm just like, y'all, this man ain't cute. It doesn't matter what angle. Like, I just don't think Chris is cute. Do you think he's cute? I think Chris could be cute if, Mm-mm. if like Chris has the potential to be cute, but the minute his mouth is open, how can you be attracted to that? I think Chris is cute from the neck down. I think Chris is cute. Yeah. Do you mean about his face? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, and I'm open to accepting that maybe because he's such a terrible person, like I'm just not being objective, but maybe the way he. Is. He gasses himself up so much. Okay, let me not lie. He's not a terrible person. He's not the kind of person you see and you're like, oh, he's not. But the way he gasses himself up, you think like he's some stud muffing. And I'm like, nah, bro. But anyways, 
um, when she asks how he's doing, he says it's an adjustment and he has a lot of shit going on. She's like, oh, what's going on? He's like, I found out some info this morning that's, um, it's not devastating, but something I have to deal with, but it doesn't matter. And I feel like him saying it doesn't matter. I feel like that was so cruel of him because Paige is just there just like, what is wrong? What is wrong? Something is obviously wrong with you. And you're just leaving this girl in limbo, not even knowing anything that's happening. I thought that was really cruel. I thought it was very cruel. And we have to keep in mind, these people told us two hours. That means they were sitting there eating that food for two hours. And she probably spent quite a bit of that time being like, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. I don't want to talk about it. Tell me what's wrong. Yeah. And so Paige is still trying to find out. And he's like, it doesn't matter anymore. What time do you want to go to the pool? This man is a sociopath. And then she's like, uh, what? And then he goes, what's wrong? Ultimate gaslighting. Like he also, you guys have to realize for those that don't watch, he's talking in like the calmest tone ever. Like he's not saying anything wrong and she's overreacting. He's calmly saying, I'm good. And she's like, it is not about you. It's about us. And he keeps saying, I'm good. I'm good with not telling you. Paige is like, well, that's problematic for me. You're in a marriage. He says it again. I'm good. And then she just walks away and she's saying, this is too much. And this is how we get up to two hours ago. My heart is already, it's pre-breaking for Paige because I don't, no one deserves this. Because you know, it's one thing to go through something, but you're going through it with a lot of people watching on TV. And in the moment, this, all this like behind the scenes stuff we're seeing, I mean, production is a crew. Yeah. There are a lot of people surrounding you as you are having these conversations. Yeah. So Paige is pacing around and she's like, someone needs to tell her what the fuck is going on. You and go, producer, girlfriend. <laughs> the producer insists that, well, I can't tell you. He needs to tell. This is awful. I, I like, can you imagine wanting to know what's so bad and it's already built up so much and then everybody knows, but not you. And then mm-hmm. poor Paige just keeps saying, this is too much, this is too much. And the producer goes to Chris and is like, what if she says she wants to end the marriage? He says, I'll deal with it when it comes to that. And the producer is like, well, this is it. You've come to that. <laughs> <laughs> Paige asks him again. She goes back and she's like, why are you comfortable telling everyone but me? He's like, everybody needed to know. She goes, how bad is it? And there's a long silence. And he's like, do you want to talk about it? This man is not all there, Aid. I, I, I just, <laughs> you can't convince me that everything is okay. Because the way he segues into things, it's like, it's so erratic. He practically drags her. Did you see her grab, see him grab her hand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just pull her? Force her, yeah. Force her into the bathroom. He turns on all the faucets, turns on the shower. And then he tells her to take her mic off. This is not real. I just, <laughs> it just really felt like an action scene from <laughs> music to the camera people to the sound person who was hovering by the bathroom trying to get anything from there. <laughs> and honestly, it would have been a great buildup if we didn't already know what it was. I don't even know why they leaked that. I don't know. They put it in the preview. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They put it in the preview. Like, why did they even tell us? I would have guessed. What do you think you would have guessed? I would have guessed that he had HIV, but they test him. So. <laughs> Honestly, though, um, yeah, HIV or I don't know, like 
In terms of just this terrible secret that you don't want to, yeah, I, I actually think that's not a bad guess. Because they, he kept saying devastating. I'm not thinking, baby. I'm like, if someone's dead, I mean, is it, if it's your mom or whatever, you would just be like, yeah, my mom died, right? Like, yeah. anyway, please carry on. Yeah, that would have been great if we didn't already. But the fact that we know, it was kind of like a, mm, okay. So anyways, Chris comes out of the bathroom first. I'm like, did this motherfucker leave her in there? And then the producers asked, did you tell her? He goes, yeah, what did you say? And eh, she's having a moment. Oh, mm. the producers go to check up on her. And honestly, in my mind, all I'm thinking is that somebody better have called an expert the moment they find out. Listeners, I will tell you that they did not. <laughs> I will say this. Chris is trash. I specifically like to refer to him as a trash human. But I did not mind the the method by which she told Paige. She just should have done it two hours earlier. Uh, I appreciate that she didn't have to hear that news on camera. You know what? I can agree with you. That is true. It was just everything leading up to it. Because you know what it is when you're trying to tell somebody something? It's kind of saying, I need to tell you something later. And then you build up and build up. and You've already imagined like the worst. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they had like a good start. And yeah. it is clear from the way that this went down. Like, he was forced into telling her. The producers made him tell her. He didn't make that decision on his own. Because he's trash. What was his plan? Because at some point, the producers were like, he was like, I don't want to tell her. And the producer said, forever? <laughs> I mean, in my head, I was like, forever, ever? But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, what exactly was, he's not all there. Oh, anyways. So Paige, with tears in her eyes, poor baby, tells us that she's numb and everything she's ever wanted is being taken away from her. Be- <laughs> And I'm like, because God knows better, boo-boo. He's trying to remove the evil in your life, but you just keep insisting that he's putting it in there for you. I just, she's saying she doesn't think she can move forward and she needs time to think. And I'm like, I hope she means think about where airline to fly away with, because what is there to think about? (laughs) (laughs) What is there to think about? It, I evolved during the course of, you know, yeah, watching to... Yes, I, at first, you're just like, girl, get out of here. And part of the reason why you're like, girl, get out of here is because it's not as if they had a great time up until this pregnancy announcement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was trash, you know, from really from the word go. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to give Paige some grace. She can have a couple days, but that's all she's getting. <laughs> After mm. that, I'm going to be like, you dumb. You got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, it was just, it was really hard to watch. I felt so much for her because I just kept playing her interviews before she got married. Paige was about that life. Paige was, I'm getting in, it's designed by God, I'm in here, I want it. And to just be giving bricks is, it has to be painful. So anyways, we get a segue where Paige um, goes to Brie. And she tells her that she doesn't know if she can continue this um, relationship. I should say that Paige and Brie are talking the same time Vince and Chris are talking. So I'm just going to recap what happened with Paige and Brie and then with um, Brie and Vince later. So 
she tells Bree that she just found out that his ex is pregnant. Bree's like, uh, okay, how far along is she? <laughs> and Bree, I don't, Paige doesn't even really know. She's like, things are not adding up. Brie asks if she's okay, and she goes, no, I'm not okay. Like, she didn't even have the, the energy to fake it. You know how people say, I'm fine. I'll just She's like, no, I'm not okay. And then Brie tries to add the math. She's like, how long ago did they break up? And Paige is like, he was never specific, and something isn't adding up. And then Paige just, you know, bears her heart out to Brie, and she's like, I got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Brie agrees, but I don't even think she got a stick. <laughs> not the short end, not any end, not the skinny not end. You just, end. just whatever. And she's just like, an empty you know, nothingness, nothing in yeah. your hands, yeah. but hopes and dreams and wishes. To dust. So Brie agrees, and Brie's like, you know, you signed up for drama, and instead it's drama and it's bullshit. And Paige says, even from the beginning, the chemistry was off. And in that moment, I know we talked about it last week. I really feel strongly that she shouldn't have slept with him and not from the angle of slut shaming or too soon. Or, no, there were enough red flags not to sleep with Chris. I would agree with that. So I'm just like, nah, he, he didn't even deserve it. Like there was nothing because you remember at the wedding, um, she was telling her bridesmaid like, Oh, I feel like there's something off. Like he's not checked in. So I don't even know what it, maybe she was just warning, you know? Yeah. Maybe she was horny, but I really think what it is is like some people are like, oh, we're not feeling it. We should not sleep together. Those two are like, we're not feeling it. Let's have sex to see if we can feel it. You know, that's not bad. That's that's very possible. That's very possible. So she's like, she doesn't even know how he feels. And Brie asks, like, is there any chance that y'all can can stay together? <laughs> And Paige is like, well, they matched us for a reason. I'm like, yeah, TV ratings. And it could have been been her that's pregnant. And that's not how she wants to cultivate a marriage. I don't know if I can be with someone who has kids. So it's still early on. I'm like, exactly the reason why you should leave. And she's like, God didn't intend for us to be alone. God also didn't intend for you to be with Chris. But Brie says, let me tell you something. Brie was holding back. Brie was like, I'm not going to tell this girl <laughs> to go. She's like, don't think about him. He wasn't even thinking about his future wife. So I don't know why you're thinking about him. What did you think about this part, A? I was proud of Brie because as unfortunate as it is, you cannot tell people what to do. That you can is- only ask them the right questions to lead them to the right conclusion. <laughs> That they have to come to themselves. And these girls met each other, what, like two weeks ago? I think that's the other part that I really can't stand is like, I don't feel like Paige has any support. Um, Brie is nice and all, but Brie is just, you know, (laughs) the other black girl on this TV show they're on, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why I said, like, as soon as the experts, I mean, as soon as the producers found out that, you know, he was having a baby, speed dial an expert to call this girl, make sure there's a wellness check, like get somebody to make sure that she's okay. That was a lot for her to take in. This is after he's already told her that, oh, I don't find you attractive. Oh, I don't do this. You know, that's a lot. So. And I like that Brie was asking questions about timelines um, <laughs> because I don't believe anything about these timelines. Um, oh. And she made sure to point out he wasn't thinking of his future wife. He was doing other things. Yes. 
that's absolutely true. And to your point, I, like I said, I have a rule, like you never tell anybody not to unless it's like a life-threatening situation. So I'm really proud of Brie. Like she, I know she wanted to cuss him out. She was <laughs> being so respectful <laughs> to them. So we'll go back to Chris and Vince. They're together. Chris tells Vince and Vince immediately says that was the right thing to do, to tell her. And then he told Vince, he said disturbing news. I think he said disturbing news like four times the entire um, episode. Vince asked what was her reaction. And Chris is like, I haven't seen her since. Chris tells Vince that they broke up in May, but it wasn't the last time that they had sex. Of course it's not. I I think I texted Aid when I watched it because I'm just like, this is, this ba- this is more fudder for me when I say three months is not enough. Everybody knows sex with the ex is always on the table. A familiar I, body is just always a familiar body. So I stand by what I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> three months is not the same for every person. For one thing, clearly, okay, he says we broke up in May. Okay, that that's not three months, Chris, from June. May is not three months from June. There's no truths being told here. I think for me, I, I can agree that three months is not the same for every person, but for a show that has had people show out, I wouldn't even take that risk. I'll just rule it out completely and not take that risk to find out because there's somebody else that's involved. Uh, it's just too soon. So anyways, Chris tells Vince that they broke up and it was, it was, it, it wasn't the last time they had sex. Vince wonders why his ex is just telling him after the wedding and Chris is like, um, um, no, he, Vince is wondering why she's just telling him after the wedding. She just found out, right? And Chris is like, uh, no, she's known for a few weeks. And then Chris is like, she do- she didn't know about the wedding. I don't believe that. Not for one single second. I do not believe that. So I think the timing of her telling Chris is also very shady. So... And I have a feeling they had sex the night before he got married or the night before he found out he, I don't know. It's pretty recent, but I do not think he ever broke up with it. I don't understand <laughs> him at all. He, they were never broken up. He has told a difference. They broke up in February. They broke up in May. Oh, but her dad died. Then we had some grief sex. I don't believe anything about this timeline. I'm pre- but I also don't understand why he would sign up for the show, go through the whole thing. Like, did you not think you were going to get picked? Like, uh, what were you thinking? Because I don't think he ever broke up with his ex-fiance. I think they were together in some way, shape, or form, literally, like you said, until the wedding, the night before the wedding. You heard me say he's not all there, right? Yes. He's not all there. So he says he's almost 100% confident that the baby is his, but his concern is Paige. And Vince was like, man, if I was in her shoes, I'll be upset. And then Vince asks if they've been intimate. And then Chris says, yes. The night of, day one, the morning, day two, and then the other night, or two things. Vince was like, damn, y'all went at it. (laughs) (laughs) The second thing is, um, Chris, did you forget that we're not supposed to be able to discuss sex with friends, but you can? Mm -mm -mm. Mm-mm-mm. So, Vincent asked him, would you get back with your ex? And then Chris does not say no. He says it's the natural inclination that you want to parent, blah, blah, blah. But I'm concerned about Paige, which was so strange to me. I'm like, yesterday you weren't attracted to her. Today you're concerned about what is going on in this man's head. I don't even want to figure out. That would mean like I think like him. So I don't even want to know. 
But yeah, that was the conversation with Chris and Vince. And then Vince goes back to the room and breathes there. They are so comfortable with each other because he comes home, he's singing. He's like, dad is home. And then she's like, hey, baby. And then he's like, hey, babe. I'm like, wow, day four, day three. This is where we are. He even casually reaches for a kiss. My PDA, ding, ding, ding. So they talk <laughs> They talk about it. And then she asks how, how far along she is. Vince is like, oh, she's six weeks pregnant. Vince was like, I would have dipped. <laughs> I actually love Vince for that. Um, I loved him for saying it to Brianna because once again, you just, I, but Brianna and Vincent really held back in those two conversations. Absolutely. They, they, they it was perfect. Their reaction was exactly what they should have done. Like, I'm not supporting you, but I'm also not telling you what to do, but you ain't shit. <laughs> Ben says he would have dipped. Brianna is like, I hope and pray that she leaves. <laughs> See, that's Brianna's true feelings coming out, but she didn't say that. That's Brianna's being the, the chorus for all the rest of us, because all of us are thinking the same thing. Hope and pray she decided to leave. So, um, so yeah. So Paige is telling us that she's checked out and marriage is not for punks. And they're, they're at dinner, I'm sorry. And then Chris says he didn't get any feedback. And she says, I'm confused. Paige asks how far along he um, his ex is. He goes six weeks. She asked the last time they were intimate. And he says six weeks. And that is a goddamn lie. The pits <laughs> of hell. <laughs> so, I don't know. Chris just lies casually. You don't even think of it. It just comes naturally. It's, it's insane. And then he tells, you know, Aid mentioned that her dad passed, so he went to pay his respects by putting his dick into her. And then Paige asked. <laughs> I mean, sorry. it didn't make I was any really sense. I not expecting you to say that, but <laughs> no lies told. So, and then he starts laughing. I, even I, oh man, I don't like Chris, but I know it was nervous laughter. And Paige is like, <laughs> Why are you laughing? He's like, I'm just laughing from keeping from breaking down. And then Chris, in a rare moment of good humanhood citizenship, says, I just want to apologize. It's been rough and you deserve to get what you signed up for. And, you know, I just want, you know, to say I'm sorry, but I want to know what you think. And she goes, it's heavy and I'm still trying to figure it out. And he asked her if today was decision day, would you stay? And she goes, well, there was a dramatic pause and they went uncommercial. That was so annoying. But we've already seen what she said in a preview. These people don't think things through. But we come back and she goes, I'll probably have to walk away. And then Chris says he's scared. This sociopath is not scared. You did not like this girl two days ago. To be honest. I'm so confused that whole dinner. To be honest, I'm really surprised he found out that she was pregnant and he didn't leave. That is absolutely, if I was a betting person, that is what I, I would have said that he did, is just walk away and go back to be his ex. But, I mean, I guess TV is more important or whatever check they're giving them. So, Paige is like, I'm no-nonsense person. I have dreams. I have things. And ordinarily, I wouldn't stay. And then she asked him if he has feelings for his ex or does he... does does his ex think that they'll get back together? Chris does not say no again. 
He just says, it doesn't matter. You're my wife. No one comes before you. You come before my kid. I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, he tells her that since Saturday, I'm guessing today is Monday. <laughs> Good God. I've grown in attraction. And then he says some nice things about her and that he supports whatever she decides. But if she leaves, he'll chase her. And if she stays, let's do it. And then he smiles. And then he pivots to, have you ever thought of being a stepmom? And then I took a pause. Who sits there and says, you know what? I think of being a stepmom. Well, you know what? Maybe there are people who think that. I shouldn't say that. There's something for everyone. But I just thought it was a weird pivot to go into, have you ever thought of being a stepmom? And Paige, always ever ready, actually has an answer for him. And she goes on about how her last relationship, that he had a kid, and she even took care of the kid, and she, um, the kid lived with her. But the thing is, she found out that she was always second, and she didn't want to come second, which is why what he said, when he said, first comes God, like, that's how it should be. God first, then your wife, then kids, that it struck a chord with her. And she starts telling us that God has a purpose, and... Chris says he recommends them forming a friendship starting from ground zero. And she asks him, oh, do you know my middle name? And he actually knows what it is. And it's a very pretty name, Milana. And she's impressed because the bar is on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the abyss, as she said earlier. It's in the abyss. That's where the bar is. And then they keep talking and he says, I know it's too soon, but I want to give you babies. I, 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 this was, this was gross. On both ends. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm being harsh. I don't like when people get forgiven so easily. I just, she should have given him more. Like, okay, he says God first and then wife second. And that was all it took. Like, what is this? Like, the thing is, I really, really, really respect her faith. But Paige sounds brainwashed. She sounds like she's just repeating words. Is that I have just me? so many issues with so many things about this conversation. First off, while his ex-girlfriend is only six weeks along at this point, let us just speak as if there's going to be a real child out there someday. Oh. The internet exists. This child is going to go find their father acting like this about just the thought of their existence. Disturbing, devastated, this is terrible. This is awful. Da, 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 da. That's not good. Secondly, if you are putting your uh, spouse above your kids, you're a bad father. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, I feel like once you have kids, they come first no matter what. But that, I mean- that end of story. Because, and there's all sorts of complicated dynamics about step parents and da, 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 da. At the end of the day, It's kind of disgusting to watch someone say that they're, like, you met Paige three days ago. For you to say, I'm going to put you before my kid because we, like, got married three days ago, it's kind of disgusting. And then we got Paige just, and I think, you know, I think for her it's literally like a verbal tick. Like, in times of trouble, I don't know where to go. (laughs) So let me just call upon the Lord. But can you not call upon the Lord to give you the wisdom to tell you to go home? Because uh, he can do that too. But that's the other part where I say, like, they're both not representing their faith very well. Because, yes, you can have all the faith in the world, but it doesn't mean just operating like a zombie. 
Like sometimes God is giving you a sign. He gave you all the red flags on the wedding day, all day one, day two. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to disrespect me again. And I don't care just because you said I'm going to put my wife over my kid first, which is terrible in the first place. I truly feel like, I feel like this child is a blessing. (laughs) A blessing to Paige. It's not as if they were doing great before he announced that his ex was pregnant. Yeah. It was pretty terrible beforehand. All signs were pointing towards this is going to be terrible. And without this child, she would be in this married at first sight, you know, limbo of like, we got to stick it out for eight weeks before decision day that so many people get stuck in. I'm like, this child is a blessing to you, Paige. This child is going to get you out of this thing even earlier than you thought. Nope. But instead of jumping on the lifeboat, she's clinging harder to stay in the boat. So, (sighs) well, the couples all get together for dinner and they're all like all coupled up, sitting close to each other. Everyone's there except um, Eric and Virginia. And I'm like, oh, where are they? Like, um, did they just skip them or did you just decide to stay in? Then I remembered that, you know, she comes late all the time. But you know, anyway, I did not even notice that they were not there. Until oh, I did. Because I was like, where are they? Where did I? I didn't notice. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> so it starts with Bree saying that she and Vince are perfect and they're happy I, um, Haley and Jacob are saying how they love how they're progressing. And Jacob is telling about how he's always FaceTiming, um, friends that he's always meeting one new friend after the other, which I think is very, um, nice. Like just introducing to your friends, um, Claire and Ryan say they're finding moments of why they were matched. Chris and Paige are just silent, but Paige tells them it's, uh, it's been challenging, but she's encouraged by her faith. And Chris is like, I concur. And Paige is like, I mean, you can talk. And they have a moment and she tells him, yeah, talk. And he's like, do you want to tell the group? And then he tells the group. Vince is not even looking directly at them. He looked like he had secondhand emb- embarrassment. <laughs> he just turned around. <laughs> like... <laughs> I didn't like Vince's hat, by the way, but he cool. So he all right. But um, you didn't like champagne, Poppy Vince? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Drake from State Farm. Vince. <laughs> Y'all, Clara was mad. Clara was fuming. Clara tells us she was even like, she took her hair out to scrunchy, like, oof. But, you know, respect to all of them. They really all held their cool. (laughs) And she's telling us there is no winning here. Paige continues to spew her program. God does not give you more than you can handle. We're getting through it moment by moment. Clara's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. And then Clara tells us she wants it so badly that she's sticking with it. Stockholm syndrome. I see no lies. I see no lies. The part that Clara could not say, and this is what I believe, the Stockholm syndrome is not the relationship with Chris. The kidnapper is the show. Well, they're the one the kidnapper, the reason why she cannot escape from this hell is the show. And the producers who are in her ear feeding her bullshit. You want to know what I thought? Oh, my God. I'm not trying to piss anybody off. The Stockholm Syndrome I thought Clara had was religion. Because you know she already has an issue. Because the next thing she says is, if anyone can make it work, it's you. Hope it's everything God has planned for (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not laughing. (laughs) But when she said it, because she already has an issue with religion. Again, I still think something happened or whatever, but she's not about that life. 
But when, but honestly, if you heard the way Paige was talking, I'm a Christian, and even I were like, "Oh my God, Paige! Like, come on!" She sounded like they gave her a bunch of cards to memorize, and she was just saying it. Like, do you really believe what you're saying? So when Clara is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," if anyone can make it work, it's you. Hope it's everything God has. For I lost it. <laughs> like the shade. But Chris is like, because Chris is a lost little boy, he's like, yeah, everyone is supportive, but more so for Paige. I mean, I get it, but I don't feel like they support us in our marriage, just Paige. Who competes for pain? Who is still competing? You caused the pain, Chris. Why? I can't figure this guy out. And why should anybody support a marriage of three days where, <laughs> which was trashed before you brought a baby into it? Yeah, Anyways, they rag on Virginia for being late. And then Chris whispers in Paige's ears and he walked away. I'm sorry, Eric and Virginia walked in like whatever. So he said he felt that they were asking why he walked away. I'm pretty sure that's why they asked him. He's like, oh, I feel bad that all the other couples are happy, but Paige wasn't. He's allegedly crying. That nigga was not crying. There were no <laughs> tears. There was nothing happening. He just switched positions to bend his head. But uh, this is like, like a bit of a pattern with Chris. Is yeah. that bitch? Why are you crying? <laughs> because nobody wants to give me attention. It, it, the immortal words of Gary Allen actually came to mind. Man to man, who cheated who? Like. <laughs> Look me in the eye. (laughs) Why is he always leaving Paige to clean up? First off, they had microphones on, so I was very confused as to why we didn't hear what he whispered to her because they had microphones on. Secondly, this whole, like, storming off in a snit. First off, anybody who storms off wants someone to chase them. Yeah. That's the number one rule of storming off. Yeah. That's why grown people don't do that. Secondly, it's like... We have now got Paige in the position where she is comforting Chris. Who who, who she to do? Yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, he say. Oh well, he says that he didn't want to break down in front of people, and then she follows him and is like, "Are you okay?" No, when he leaves, I'm sorry. They ask her like, "Are you okay?" Again, she's like, "I'm not the one writing my story. God is writing the story." She goes to go check on Chris. And she asked him what it is. And he's saying like, oh, like, you know, she asked him what it is. And he's like, oh, you know, I just felt bad that everyone is happy, but we're not happy. And I'm like, if you really wanted to make her happy, isn't it staying there instead of walking away and drawing more attention? But anyways, Paige is all like, it legitimately doesn't matter. Like, you know, what anybody thinks that we have our own story. I am just mad that she's consoling him. And this motherfucker is still like, I don't want to be bothered. Like, he uh-huh. wished that she, that I w- I know she's being supportive, but I just want to tell her that I don't care what she does. Like, nah, bro. This man is not. Mm. So, um, Eric and Virginia, like I said, they came late. And they come in the middle of a conversation where they're talking about the best thing about being married so far. Eric once again exaggerates and goes on about how great they are, which just raises a red flag for me. Those kind of men are very dangerous. Virginia now asks, I just want to ask who has been intimate. Everyone goes silent. Brie and Vince admit it 
um, then they go off on a tangent talking about how, you know, everybody's physically attracted to their partner, which is true, actually. And then Eric notices that Chris is quiet and he starts with, and then he asks him what's going on. And then Chris already starts on the defensive. He's like, to be honest, I don't owe anyone an explanation. And Eric is like, yeah, you don't. And then he tells them that he's expecting a child with his ex. And the first thing out of Virginia's mouth is, <laughs> is yours? <laughs> the thing is, that is the correct question. <laughs> if someone says, my ex is pregnant, isn't the first question? I mean, that to me is a legitimate question if you're dealing with a normal person. <laughs> I don't think so. Because he <laughs> had a point. He had a point when he said, I'm expecting a child with my ex. And Virginia still said that. And I think he had a point when he said, if I say I'm expecting a child and for you to say, is it yours? I've done it before. I'm not proud of it, but I don't, you don't, but this is with someone I know, but you don't know him. So you don't have a right to ask that question. I thought it was rude. Like if Bree kept quiet, if Clara kept quiet, I don't like, there's a reason why they hold back. It's just social etiquette. I agree with you. I actually, you know what? You are right. I just hate Chris so much. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It's pretty rude to ask someone, is it your child when they say it's their child? Yeah. Or at least, you know, ask it off to the side later. You don't, I mean, it's a good feel. I would only ask someone that was my friend. I wouldn't ask someone that I just met and is just going through that. I'll just be like, not my problems, not my husband's baby, just whatever. I would think it. I just want to ask it. And then she asked how the ex is feeling. And then she asked, um, she asked Paige, oh, she asked Paige how she's feeling. And Chris is like, he just wants to change the subject. And Eric, I think Eric has decided that, like, he's the father of the group. When (laughs) Jacob exists, I don't know who assigned him this position. He starts giving advice. And the way he delivers is also not the best way. I will say this. Eric and Virginia did not read the room at all. At all. At all. I was wondering if they were drinking. I was like, were they pre-gaming before they came downstairs? This is the only way to explain their complete obliviousness to to the room. Let me answer that for you. I know for sure Virginia was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Eric. But he just starts giving advice. He's like, let me tell you here. If you like this woman, you need to start focusing on her. And then Virginia from nowhere is like, you have nine months. Girl, why? <laughs> Literally, Bree clutched, like, the, the, the metaphor, like, Clutching her pearls, except it was Vince's thigh. She's like, oh, dear God. This white girl just said, you have nine months. (laughs) Out loud. (sighs) So Paige just tells us that she feels like, she's telling us in her confessional that she feels Chris is tipping and she can feel it rising and he's about to blow. And Chris just tells them, like, moving forward to be more respectful and less intrusive. And what would be more respectful is if they respected their privacy. And that was what we got for this episode. And by this point, I was just pissed because Paige is caring so much about... Who gives a fuck if he's tipping? Let him tip. <laughs> Fall right on over. He you know? has no capability to handle difficult things. That is what he has shown Paige. Of all the options available to him throughout this entire situation, of all the options available to him... In every conversation he's had this day, he always picked the worst option. 
And at the end of the day, there is a child out there. And he is going to be someone's father. And uh, Is it harsh if I say unfortunately? Oh, no. I mean, I feel bad for this child who has Chris as a parent. He's not fully matured. This is a difficult situation, but he is so self-centered. So, like, no consideration in his words or his actions or his thoughts for this child who's going to exist. I mean, there's a chance that the child might change him. But it shouldn't take a child to change you. There's just certain things you need. You need to have get gotten together before you have a child or else. I mean, that's how we ended up with Chris. Clearly, his dad didn't get his shit together. <laughs> so, I just, everything, this is a difficult and unexpected situation. And everything about Chris is like, he cannot deal with difficult or unexpected situations, which is, which is all life really is. Just a series of difficult things. But here's my fear, though. I mean, the previews for next week looks like there's like a fight fight about to break out, which just means that, again, it continues to be the Chris and Paige show. But my fear is that we've seen previews where Pastor Cal is asking uh, Paige and she's saying, yeah, we had sex almost every day with no condoms. So what? how long are we talking? Are we talking day one and two or more times? Who knows? My, I mean, my ultimate prayer, I mean, I, every moment I watch the show, I actually stopped worrying about Paige's episode because I'm like, she's going to get out. It's probably going to take too long. Anything past the moment when he told her that his ex-girlfriend was pregnant is too long, but yeah. they're not making it to a long, like, she's going to get out. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But there's yeah, yeah. no hope for them whatsoever. Paige, I know Paige doesn't look good, but I actually have faith in her. They will not be together past decision day. That much I know. From your mouth to God's ears. But can I ask you this, Aid? So for the Married at First Sight Australia, they get married, but it's not a legally binding marriage. And do you think they should apply that to the U.S.? Or do you think that legal binding adds something to it? I do. I think they should keep the legal part because I think it does add something. What's the success rate for Married at First Sight Australia? Is zero. There's, okay, there's, that's there's my like question. Two couples or three in the entire. They're about to start season eight in a few weeks, and the one successful couple was from last season. <laughs> okay, it's really bad. That's true because they cheat on each other. There, they just rotate husbands and people after the show. A tide has shifted in Married at First Sight over the past seven seasons yeah. to where people who sign up for the show now, it's not unreasonable to expect that you will still be married at the end of it. Like, yeah, that that's what the past has shown. Yeah. So I don't think they should mess with the idea that it's a legal and binding marriage. I think it affects the type of person they attract to the show. Ah, point. That's true. Yeah. So that was our episode um, this week. Okay, so who has your bouquet for the week? You know, I have lots of multiples this week, so I would just not give it to obvious people, but my bouquet goes to Haley and Jacob. I just think there was progress. I really, really liked that they had shared that moment at the end of their dinner. I liked how cozy they looked um, at the couple's dinner, and, you know, props to Haley for giving her her all, and props to Jacob 
for being him. He's not even trying to change who he is. Like, yo, this is me. So yeah, who has yours? My bouquet went to Jacob. <laughs> he got the most improved award. <laughs> I really feel like he's trying so hard. And you're right, he's being himself. And uh, I like that he's being so open about the fact that he really likes her. It makes me really, really want her to really like him. Yes, I agree. I hope that works out. I'm very worried for Jacob's feelings now. Yeah, because the preview did not look good. All right. Who's got your burnt ashes? Oh, simple. Eric. Eric is giving me red flags, red flags, red flags. He's giving me a controlling man. And it's so weird because he had my bouquet last week. But that couples, I wasn't sure that whole conversation about men, friends. I was like, okay, maybe he's just joking. But that conversation when they're talking about couples and he exaggerated like, oh, we're just great. We're just this. When you have a man that is all into grand gestures and wants to make it seem like everything is better than everything, that's a red flag for me. Who has yours? Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) For being late. Um, I like how it's a storyline throughout the episode that Virginia is always late. Because if those two knuckleheads had been on time, we wouldn't have had the stupidity that came out of their mouths. Um, yeah. If uh, they could have just been... Faith, I think they would have, still. If they would have been told the same time as everybody else, maybe it would have been... But the fact that they showed up late made everything worse. I bet the producers were happy. Uh, I wondered if the producers even engineered it, but who knows? <laughs> I thought they were having sex, but I guess they're not, so... I thought that's why they were late. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that was our episode for the week. And as always, we enjoy when you leave reviews for us. We have a review from Squatty Gingett. That's a unique name. And they say they know the show and clearly have the love-hate relationship many fans do. Getting better every episode, recapping recent social media for past cast and experts unfiltered and episodes with nothing held back oh the shade love it thank you thank you and then Devin said i have been watching maps for three seasons now but none of my friends watch i'm so glad to finally have something that i can listen to and recap each episode i feel like i'm just hanging with my girls when i listen the hardest part is trying not to laugh out loud when i listen at work love it that's why um we uh yeah, that's why we do the podcast, because I don't talk to anybody about this show besides Tane. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no greater compliment than you having to control yourself at work and not laugh out loud. Yeah, thanks. That's it for this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. You can also find us at pa- on Patreon at patreon.com slash AlterCallMAFS. We love hearing from you guys on social media and discussing the episode, so go find us. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to us. See you next week. (laughs) 